When you run an online business, your marketing metrics will tell you what in your business is profitable and where you're throwing money away. Yikes. That's pretty important, right? Luckily, I've put together the Ultimate Marketing Metrics Checklist, which is a free resource that will guide you through tracking and analyzing the most crucial metrics for your business. And let me tell you, I'm going to keep it simple but effective. From evergreen data and revenue generation to podcast metrics and social media growth, this cheat sheet will cover it all. It's the exact one my team and I use to track our metrics on a weekly, monthly, quarterly, and annual basis. Let me be honest here. This wasn't an overnight process win for me. It took me 10 years to build this comprehensive list and get it just right. But you, my friend, can start using it today, tailoring it to suit your business-specific needs, but not having to start from scratch like I did. Whether you're a seasoned marketer or just getting started, this cheat sheet will help you make informed decisions as you grow your business and empower you to move forward confidently. So go to amyporterfield.com forward slash metrics to get your hands on the ultimate marketing metrics cheat sheet now. That's amyporterfield.com forward slash metrics. You're listening to the Online Marketing Made Easy podcast, episode number 166. Welcome to the Online Marketing Made Easy podcast. Business advice so easy, you'll feel like you're cheating. And now your host, Amy Porterfield. Well, hey there, Amy Porterfield here, and welcome back to another episode of the Online Marketing Made Easy podcast. I'm your host, and I already said that. I already said I was Amy Porterfield. So we are just moving on to the next part, which is this episode is all about the play-by-play to rework your online course. Now, before I get into today's mini training, I got to tell you that if you have a really good ear for audio, then you likely already know that this does not sound like my typical podcast. Now, for the record, I do not have a very good ear for audio, so I'd have no idea. But if you guessed it, you get a gold star. I'm actually in my brand new video studio. However, I haven't set it up to record the podcast. So if you follow me on Instagram, which I hope you do, I'm just at Amy Porterfield on Instagram. I've been doing some Insta stories about my brand new video studio. We've been working on the backdrop and we've been working on all the lights and the cameras and all the monitors. I mean, it's a big to do. And I told the guy, David Foster is his name, who built my video studio. He works with his partner, Luria, and they are at livestreamingpros.com. And I told David, look, I need to do my podcast in my video studio so that all the technology is in one room so that I can make the other room my office without all this recording equipment everywhere. And so that's exactly what he set up here, except that we're not 100% done. So because of that, I am just recording on a Yeti mic into my Mac computer, which is then going into ScreenFlow. So for all you techies who ask me, what equipment are you using As of today, that's what I'm using just because this is a little makeshift until we get the video studio to support my podcast recording as well. We're very, very close. So anyway, just wanted to share that with you if you picked up on a little bit of an audio difference. Now, most of you probably did not pick up on that. Like I said, I never would have. So now let's move on 
to the play-by-play to rework your online course. Today, I'm talking about a process that is humbling each and every time I do it, looking at one of my courses and saying, I could do better. It's time for a rework. Now, to be clear here, when I say I can do better, it's not about being a perfectionist, but more about looking at the feedback and the data and knowing that my students need something more from me or need something different or need something new that I did not offer the first time around, but know that I need to include it now. So why so humbling? I think for me, it's the idea that this baby I produced isn't perfect. If you already have a course, then I'm sure you can relate. I put a lot of work into my online courses, a lot of blood, sweat, and tears, and I leave it all on the battlefield when that course is completed. So it's not like I go into this half-hearted. I'm all in. So when I go back and realize, whoa, something needs to be reworked, something's a little bit off here, that's the part that's humbling for me. But the thing is, as entrepreneurs, you have those moments, right? I know that I have them more often than I'd like to admit. So those moments when you know you need to do something differently, that maybe your first try wasn't your very best try, and maybe you just missed the mark a little bit. And that definitely does happen. So when I started to take another look at one of my very favorite programs that I currently offer, List Builders Lab, I had to acknowledge, okay, this program is great. People are getting results, but it can be better. So today I'm breaking down the steps I took to rework that program, how I knew it was time to rework, how I approached the rework, and some other insights and tips and strategies along the way that I want you to keep in mind when you update your online training program. Now, before we get there, two things you should know about this topic of reworking an online course. Number one, If you don't yet have an online course, but you plan to have one in the future, for sure listen to this episode because the insights will add clarity while you're creating your first edition of your course. So this episode is a must listen to episode for sure. Also, you can use this episode to rework your services and your offers and the different packages that you have on your website if you do have a coaching, consulting, service-based business. So I think there's something for everyone here, even if you aren't reworking an existing online course. Number two, if you are creating a course for the first time, I highly recommend you either do a beta test before you fully create and fully launch your course, or I suggest you test the waters with what I call a pre-sale campaign before you create your entire course. Because if it's your first time out, you're likely wondering, will people actually pay for this? So a beta test or some kind of pre-sale campaign will answer that question. I teach both of these strategies in my program, Courses That Convert. If you want to check out a webinar that leads to the promotion of Courses That Convert, if you're thinking, maybe I need that program, you can go to amyporterfield.com forward slash courses, and it will take you there to sign up for a free masterclass. But again, I think a beta test or a pre-sale campaign are really valuable if it's your first time out. But here's what this episode is about. 
Even after you beta test or even after you test the waters with a pre-sale campaign, you will still find areas that you can improve on and make better after the first edition of your course is released. And if you care about your students, which I know you do, you will always be looking for ways to make your courses better, to help your students enjoy the process even more, and of course, to get bigger results. So with that said, here's how you rework your online program. Okay, so let's start at the beginning, which is how do you know it's time to rework an online course? or even rework a service that you offer, or a coaching package, or whatever it might be. How do you know it's time to rework? Well, in my case, I have a private Facebook group where all my students get to hold each other accountable, ask questions. It's a community. And although I am not active in the group, because this is one of my smaller programs, I'm active in my signature programs, webinars that convert and courses that convert. But this one, I have a community manager and her name is Lindsay. So I really had to rely on Lindsay to keep me updated. Are people getting to the finish line? Where are they having challenges? What's being discussed? And of course, I would look over Lindsay's shoulder in the group and kind of see what's going on and jump in periodically but I just wasn't a central force in that group. So I relied on Lindsay's feedback. I paid attention myself and I just realized, wait a second, people aren't talking about their big wins and their big successes. They're talking about where they're struggling more than anything in this group, even more than my courses program or my webinars program. So right there, I thought, red flag, something's going on. So you've got to pay attention. If you have a community where your students are talking to each other, If you have a platform where they get to ask you questions, pay attention to their struggles. Now, in any group that you have, people are going to talk about their challenges. That's normal. But they're also going to talk about their small wins and their big wins. And if those are few and far between, then that might be a red flag. Now, another question that you want to consider is this. Do you need to rework your course or just update it? So let me give you a rework versus an update kind of scenario so you know what I'm talking about. Now, if you realize that your course just wasn't having the impact that you wanted, then it's time to rework it. If people are not getting the results that you had expected for them, if they're not getting through the course as quickly as you think they should be getting through it, like my situation, then it's time to rework. Also, if your students have been confused or frustrated at very specific points throughout your course, if it's very clear that something is stopping them, then it might be time to rework that area. A rework does not necessarily mean you have to redo the entire program. A rework is that you're looking at the flow, you're looking at the content, you're looking at module by module, lesson by lesson, and making sure that those lessons are going to get people to the finish line with the results that you're promising. So sometimes you're just reworking one module or reworking a half of a module. So you get to decide on that. But if there's some frustration, if there's some confusion, That's a rework scenario. Also, based on your experiences and your insights since you created the first edition of your course, maybe you've discovered 
a more proven, better way to teach the content. Maybe you had this huge aha moment that you thought, wait a second, I just realized throughout my own education and my own experiences and diving into the details with my students, I can teach this in a way that will get them to the finish line faster. And you're not just guessing this, but you've tried it out. You've proven it with yourself or with other people. So it's a proven strategy. And now you're going to incorporate it into your program. That's a rework as well. Now let's shift gears to an update. What does an update look like? Well, let's say you're in an industry like mine, social media. I mean, social media is not the only thing I teach, but it's part of every single course that I teach in, or even worse, Facebook ads. I mean, these things change all the time. So sometimes you just need to update portions of your program to keep them in the now. So that might be just an update. I have to do this constantly when I teach Facebook ads. About every three to six months, I'm updating some portion of a Facebook ads module. So updates different than rework. Here's another update. If you're gearing up for a new promotion, maybe you want to change out your bonuses from the last time you promoted it, or maybe you want to kind of breathe new life into the program with new updated examples or new case studies that you didn't have at the time that you launched it the first time. So that's more of an update. Or if you want to charge a higher price for your program and you've decided I'm going to add an extra module or I'm going to incorporate this new feature or this new doodad, whatever it might be. I'm not sure what it might mean for you, but if you want to charge a higher price, you might have to rework some of the program. Now, just be careful here. Charging a higher price does not mean you add everything in the kitchen sink to the program to get the price up. There's some things you need to consider. And so if you're going to charge a higher price for your program and you want to update the program so that it actually warrants a higher price, You definitely have to listen to the podcast episode I did about how to price your online course. It's episode number 107. So amyporterfield.com forward slash 107. I'll teach you how to actually price your online course. So if you're looking to raise the price, listen to that episode. Okay, so now you know the scenario of reworking versus just updating the program. So once you've determined that indeed it is time for a rework, here's the play-by-play for your next course update. There are five steps, and these are the exact five steps that I took to rework my entire List Builders Lab program. So this is what I've done in my business, and this is what I'm hoping you will do for your next rework to make it as seamless and stress-free as possible. Okay, step number one is to create your rework master doc. So a master document, I put mine on a Google doc so that I could share it with people that were involved in this process with me, like my copywriter, my project manager, Lindsay, my community manager that knows my content well, if I wanted to get her insight, I wanted to be able to easily share this document and have them give me comments and notes. So I put it in a Google Doc. Evernote is another great tool you can use, but make sure you put it in something that you can share it with others if need be. 
So what's most important though, is for me to help you decide what goes into the rework master doc. And that's what this episode is all about. Now, the first thing you're going to do to create your rework master doc is to create a survey. You must survey your existing students. Even if you don't have a lot of students, I'm hoping you hear from the majority of them. Now, what I wanted to do as the freebie for this episode is give you the exact survey questions I asked my List Builder Lab students because I got the most amazing feedback that I've ever received in any of the surveys I've ever sent. Now, a huge shout out to my copywriter, Rye Schwartz, who I actually have included Rye in the copywriting section of List Builders Lab because I teach some copywriting tips and strategies. And I brought in my secret weapon, Rye Schwartz, because he's a master. But he also helped me create the survey. So I just wanted to give him a friendly shout out. So we got the survey and Again, we got such great feedback from it that I thought this would be a valuable freebie for you. And I like to give you my swipe file. I like to give you what I used in my own business. And so to get your hands on it, that's the freebie for this episode. All you need to do is go to amyporterfield.com forward slash 166 download. amyporterfield.com forward slash 166 download or if you're a texter, you like to get your stuff via text, just text the phrase 166 download to the number 33444. And I'm going to send you the exact questions I asked on the survey, but I'm also going to give you a little commentary as to why I asked that question. And I'm going to give you some surprising insights I received from asking that question. So I don't just want you to totally steal the exact questions I asked and ask them to your students because they might not be the right questions. They might not get you the information you need. So if you hear a little commentary from me why I asked that question, maybe you'll phrase it a little bit differently because your program's different, your students are different, whatever it might be. So I think you're gonna find this swipe file as my freebie today really valuable. amyporterfield.com forward slash 166 download. I know you're focused on marketing and selling your digital products, but I know many of you also have physical products and I wanna talk about Shopify. <coughs> Shopify is a user-friendly commerce platform that helps you, my dear online entrepreneur, build an online store and make more sales at any stage of your business. They're the force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, Brooklinen, and millions of other businesses at every size. Let me tell you why Shopify is an online entrepreneur's dream platform. It's because it helps turn your browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout experience. In fact, it converts 36% better compared to other leading e-commerce platforms. Yeah, loving that. And I don't know about you, but as an online entrepreneur, my customer's experience, especially when it comes to checking out, is so important. Plus, not only do they support your customers, they support you as the entrepreneur. Shopify's award-winning help desk is there to support your success through every question and every step of the way. There's a reason Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S., because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash made easy all lowercase. So go to shopify.com slash made easy now to grow your business, 
no matter what stage you're in. That's shopify.com slash made easy. We are online marketers, which means we have unique needs. And there are so many options out there for paid media. Sometimes it's hard to figure out where should you go to reach your ideal audience. But here's the thing. Have you thought about LinkedIn ads? LinkedIn ads empowers marketers with solutions for you and your customers, and it allows you to build the right relationships and drive results and reach your customers with meaningful content. You do not want to sleep on LinkedIn ads. And here's the thing, 79% of content marketers said LinkedIn produces the best results for paid media. I hear it from so many of my peers, and I know you're doing important work. And with that, you want to make sure that the work you're doing is getting in front of the right people. And that's what LinkedIn ads will allow you to do. So let your marketing efforts connect with the right audience and get a $100 credit on your next campaign. So if you go to linkedin.com slash Amy, you can get that $100 credit. So that's linkedin.com slash Amy. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, so the first thing I did is I surveyed my students. Now, it wasn't enough to just send them an email and say, hey, fill out the survey. The first thing, because List Builders Lab is evergreen, I only send it to people that have been in the program for 60 days or more. And in addition to that, I sent them an email asking them to fill out the survey twice. And then in the private Facebook group, I mentioned it multiple times and I gave it about a week. So for a full week, I promoted the survey. I said, look, I'm looking to rework the program. I want to make it exactly what you need to get to the finish line. Please take just five minutes to fill out the survey. So I sent it out to everybody. And for a full week, I promoted it saying, hey, don't forget to fill it out. So I got hundreds of responses, which is great because that was really valuable. I realize if you don't have a lot of people in your initial program getting a survey back from people and you only have 20 people in your program right now might mean that you get five or six back. I get that. So the survey might not be the only way to go. If you have to get resourceful, maybe you get on the phone with some students. Maybe you do a Q&A with them. And you say, I'm going to do a live Q&A with all of you. Any question you asked is good to go. So you can ask me anything. You do the live Q&A, but then you take that opportunity to get some feedback from them in the moment. There's other ways to get feedback, but these are paying students. You're reworking an existing program. So you should be able to get some feedback for sure. Okay. So you send out the survey, you get your feedback. Now in step one, the next thing you do, you summarize your survey results. Now, it's not enough for you just to look at the survey results and just kind of make some assumptions. I want you to sleep, breathe, eat this survey over a few days. Like I want you to embody it. And the reason for that is because your brain works in funny ways. The first time you might look at some of the results, you instantly make a judgment or some kind of assessment. But then if you sit with it a little while, you might start thinking of things in a different way. I want you to open up your perspective around this and think, is there a different reason or is there a different challenge that maybe I'm not seeing? Can I read between the lines and learn something new? So here's what I did. This was actually really cool. My project manager, Chloe, thought of this. It wasn't really anything I did, but this is what I was able to use. Chloe asked Kate 
who is in charge of customer service. And she asked Lindsay, who's my community manager, she asked them both to look at the survey results and just put together a one page review of what they learned from those survey results. And then Chloe did the same. So when I was ready to sit down and analyze the survey, I also had three different perspectives and each of them took away something different from those surveys. And it was really, really valuable. So if you could have your assistant, your virtual assistant, if you had someone on your team, just look at the survey results and just kind of put together a one pager in terms of what they learned, what they thought was happening, what stood out to them, that would be really valuable. So that's exactly what I did. And then I went in there and I poured over the results. We use SurveyMonkey and we use a SurveyMonkey level that allows us to have word clouds, which I really like. So only if you're going to get a couple hundred surveys do I think this is valuable, but they do word clouds for each question. So you can look and say which words were used the most to answer this open-ended question. And it's just really valuable for me to see the words that stick out the most, like confidence and accountability and struggle and challenge. Like these are some words that kept coming out that people wanted more accountability and they didn't feel confident in their ability to create a lead magnet, like stuff like that was coming up. The word clouds really made that clear. Now, you don't have to use SurveyMonkey. However, I think that it is a great tool because the analytics, once you get the results, are stellar. So I highly recommend you use a tool that will tell you some percentages in terms of how people answered the questions. I think that's valuable, especially if you're going to get 100 or more responses. You want somebody to tally those results for you for sure. All right, so moving on, here's what I did that I had never done before. Once I looked at the survey results for about a good day, like I I booked the entire day for me to pour over these results, dig in a little bit deeper. And really by midday, I started to think, okay, I see that this is coming up in the survey, but I don't know if I really understand what they mean. Or things were coming up in the survey and I thought, I wonder if they're calling this that. So let me give you an actual example because that's confusing. So a lot of people were saying, I need help with my new subscriber email sequence. And then other people were saying, I need to know how to create a funnel. And many of them were talking about the exact same thing. They were calling a new member email sequence the same as a funnel. But then I wasn't sure what they meant by funnel because they were really vague in their responses, some people. So what I did is I went into the private Facebook group and I said, I've got a question for you. Many of you told me in the survey that you wanted this, but does that mean you want this or does it mean this or something else that I'm not thinking about? So I clarified some of their responses, just a few. I think I did this on three different areas of the survey that I thought I need to dig deeper. I really need to understand what's stopping them in their tracks, where are they stuck? And I need to understand the language they're using to explain where they're stuck. Because this whole idea of funnels that everybody was bringing up, I wasn't even sure what they were talking about because it looked so confusing in their open-ended responses. So I just had to get clear and I did, and it was priceless. People were not only answering the questions in the private Facebook group, but what was cool is they were thanking me 
for digging deeper. They knew what I was doing because I was very honest that I'm reworking the program and they love that their firsthand feedback was going to be actually put into the program. So I've taken them on this journey with me and I think that has created an even better bond between us. So just wanted to throw that out that don't be shy to get some clarification on some questions you might have after you look at the survey results. And then one thing that helped me a lot is I slept on it. So I had so many thoughts and ideas and insights, and I came to many conclusions after pouring over this data. And then I thought, I need to sleep on some of this because to be honest, I had some angst. And I've talked about this in some of my other private Facebook groups where I was feeling uncomfortable because I have this flaw in my personality. And I really do think this is a flaw that I'm very aware of. So I work on it that if I see a challenge, I instantly go to how do I fix it? What steps would I need to take? What will it take to make this better? Instead of just allowing myself to say, this is a new opportunity. I'm not sure how I'm going to make it work, but let's just kind of develop the idea first. Whereas I cut the idea right in half, like I don't even get to the total creation of it. And I'm already thinking, but how am I going to make this work? And a lot of the times, because I'm a worrier by nature, I'll start to think, well, that's not going to work. I can't do that. Oh no. What am I going to do? This is not going to work. Like this is, (laughs) this is the scariness of living in my mind. But I'm aware of this, so I just stop myself in my tracks and say, nope, I'm not going to try to solve it right now. I am going to sleep on it. And then in the morning, I'm going to talk to some of my friends about it. And that's precisely what I did, because once I spent the entire day pouring over these results, I did make some assumptions. I came to some conclusions, and then I called two or three of my friends Rick Mulready was one of them. And then two other friends that I said, let me just run this by you. I think this is where my students are struggling. I'm thinking of teaching the program in this way or that way to fix this problem. Would you do the same? And these were friends that knew my audience well, had similar audiences. They knew list building. So they were good people to talk to. So that's exactly how I approached it. Okay. So once I got really clear on the biggest challenges and what areas I needed to fix and what my students wanted, I started to develop the core distinctions, major challenges, and new insights. And I documented all of them in the rework master doc. So that's where we're getting back to this master doc. And as I'm talking about this, I'm thinking you all are going to find value if I just list all the categories in my master doc. So you don't have to take notes right now. So in that freebie, I promised you with the survey that I gave these students, I'm going to also just give you the categories of my master doc in case you wanted to create a similar doc to rework anything in your business. Good. Okay. So again, amyporterfield.com forward slash one, six, six download after the survey questions I asked, I'll put all the categories of the master doc, but let me run through them with you here. Again, you don't need to take notes, but I want you to hear them from me. So these are some things that I answered in the master doc. How did my students feel before joining the program? Why did they join the program? Why have they not completed the course? Where have my students gotten stuck? What was some of the negative feedback I had about the course? That part's really humbling. What do my students want more of? I also had a category for additional trainings I plan to add, 
additional support I plan to add. So as I'm reading the survey responses and I'm getting in the Facebook group, I'm reading more of their questions and their comments and all that good stuff. I realized, okay, I am never in this Facebook group. I never planned to be in it a lot, but they want me in the group and they're struggling and they want to hear from the person that is teaching them. So I can't be in the group every single week live on video like I do with my other programs, but I can at least be in that group two times a month. So right now, what I've decided is when I relaunch List Builders Lab every other week, I'm going to be in the private Facebook group for probably an hour or less if that's what it takes. As long as there's questions, I'll be there and I'll jump into the private Facebook group and do my Facebook Live Q&A, which I think is a really great thing to do for your students. So I've decided, yep, I'm going to add that to the mix because I heard too many times that they want to see me in the group. Now, Other people ask for things that just were a no-go. Like people are going to ask for stuff. That doesn't mean you have to give it to them. You have to make sure it fits into your business model, your lifestyle, your personality. So some people ask for things that I'm thinking, nope, I ain't going to do that. That's that's too much. This program is, at the time it was $297. It's going to be $397 when I relaunch it. I'll talk about the price increase, why I decided that, in case that will help you decide for your own course. We'll get to that in a moment. But I decided, you know, this is a cheaper course that I offer. And so I can't, you know, do everything and give everything for it. So I had to be a little bit choosy in that respect. You don't have to give away the farm. You don't have to answer every single request that they have in the survey. But if you can, if you can add more support in a different way, then by all means, during the rework, add it in there. So again, one of my categories was what trainings I wanted to add based on the feedback and also what additional support that I want to add. Now, there was another category called my aha insights and discoveries. And I just had some aha moments, which you will too, once you start to dive into the whole process. And here's one of my big aha discoveries that I wanted to share with you guys. And that was that I was attracting a lot of people to my program that did not know who their target market was. And I knew that to some extent, but I didn't know how many people I was attracting that had no clue who their target audience or their target market was. And I did a small training inside a list builders lab right at the beginning to address this, but they still were stuck. And I realized, and this is just how I look at my trainings, I realized, wait a second, I'm not going to add more training inside a list builders lab about finding your target audience, because that's not what this training is all about. That's not where I want to start the conversation. And because I did one smaller training about it, I realized that's just not cutting it. That was one of the areas they weren't moving toward the finish line because they were still stuck on who their avatar was. So I decided I'm going to do a standalone training, how to find your ideal customer so that you can actually just focus on that because it's a process. It takes some time. You got to do some digging. You got to experiment with things. And I don't want my students who still don't know who their avatar is to then feel pressured to move right into list building. Because as you know, List building means nothing if you don't know who you're actually talking to. So I had this big aha moment that I'm going to create this. It's like a mini training on your ideal customer avatar. Take it out of my List Builders Lab program. 
build it up, make it better, and let it be someone's main focus versus trying to work on avatars while they're trying to list build. So what that means then is when I relaunch List Builders Lab, I need to make sure that I tell my audience, this program is for you if you already know who your audience is. And if you don't know who your audience is just yet or you're struggling, I've got a training for that. So this allows me to expand my product suite. Now, for my students that are already in List Builders Lab and they're struggling with this, I'll address that and I'll take care of them. I'm just saying, looking forward, when I start to market it in a different way, that's how I'm going to attack it. But my core students that are in the program right now struggling, I'll attack it in kind of a different personal way for them. So I'll probably do something special for them in the program to keep moving them forward. But then I'm going to take that out of the program since it's one little training in there. I'm going to make it a bigger training outside of it. Make sense? I share this with you just so you can kind of see behind the scenes how I decide to expand my product suite. I see a really big challenge. I'm going to address it with this mini course. Okay, so that was my big aha discovery as I went through all the surveys and my private Facebook group. So a few more categories inside your master doc. That led me to who is perfect for this program, who is not the right fit for this program, what is the promise of this program. And those are things that you will answer initially when you create the program, but based on your survey results and the feedback from your students, you'll likely want to rework some of that. That's why I added them as categories in my rework master doc. I also had a section for the core offer. So I'm changing the offer just a bit. I'm cleaning it up, making it tighter. And so I actually took out some of the bonuses that I felt were probably overwhelming my students. And so I made the program tighter. So I changed the offer just a bit. And then I reworked all the modules and all the lessons. And that's the last thing you do in step one. So step one is pretty meaty. At the end, I'll talk to you a little bit about how long each step took me to get through. You'll be surprised. It's faster than you think. But basically, those are the categories. Again, I ended with, okay, now let me look at my existing modules and then the lessons in each module. How am I going to rework those based on the feedback I just got? So that's basically what I would do there. Now, the one extra thing I added in the master doc is a section called In Their Own Words. And when somebody said something just perfectly that highlighted why I'm changing the program or where I needed to change the program, I love to see things in my students' own words versus me just making assumptions or conclusions. So I have this one page of just survey responses in their own words or things that I found in the private Facebook group where they explained what was stopping them or where they were getting stuck in general. So I love that section because I usually go back and use it to reshape my marketing message when I get there. So that's the master doc for reworking. I'll give you all those categories in your freebie. Okay, moving on to step number two. So that was all step number one, which is creating the master doc based on your survey responses or the phone calls that you make or the Skype calls you get on with your students, however you collect the data. And you can't compare yourself to me. I might've had hundreds of responses and you might have 20. Do the best you can with the information you have. Don't let that comparison say, well, I can't do a rework. I don't have enough information. 
find a way to get the information. Be resourceful. I promise you this process is so eye-opening and it can help you help your students more, but ultimately it will also make you more money. We'll talk about that at the end. Okay, moving on to step number two, do your rework research. So once you're clear on how your new modules and lessons are going to be outlined, because you probably have reworked the content based on the feedback, I want you to spend a little time making sure your content plan is fully fleshed out and that you're well-informed and feel confident in your content. Now, this is a time where you want to make sure you don't get into copycat mode, but instead you truly are doing your research. So this is what it looks like for me. First, I outline my new modules and new lessons. I take what was there. I rework it. So again, we're never starting from scratch. That's why this is going to be faster than you think. I'm reworking my modules and lessons. I have them all outlined and then I dive into some free content. So I'm not buying other people's programs, but I dive into some free content from some people that I really trust that might be talking about similar topics. So in this case, list building, I want to see what some of my peers are teaching and how they're teaching and what they're talking about. I might've missed an area or thought, Ooh, I forgot that I do that or I do this. So it's going to spark some more inspiration. Just be careful that you're not ripping people off and stealing their content. I'm sensitive about it because I've seen people rip my content off too much. So I would never do that, but you just got to be careful with it. My rule is I try not to ever teach something that I haven't actually executed in my own business. Now, this doesn't work for everybody because I teach what I know and that doesn't work for everybody in your business, but I have to have some of my own proven results behind anything before I teach it. Then I know I'm not ripping anyone off. Get it? Okay. But I do research and I do read blogs and listen to podcasts and dive into videos. And I just kind of see what everyone's talking about, what they're teaching in this area, just to make sure that I feel confident I covered all my bases. Now, be careful that at the end of your research, you haven't added like 10 more modules. You don't want to overload your students with too much information. So this is a time to refine, but you're not coming back with tons more content you plan to teach. Deal? Okay. Step number three, now that we've created our master doc, we've done our research. Step three is you're going to create your slide decks, or if you create scripts to teach via video, whatever you want to do, however you're delivering the content, you're creating or reworking the content. Again, you're not starting from scratch. So I can move through this part pretty quickly because my slide decks are already created. And for some of them, I might be starting from scratch because I want to teach it differently, but the framework is there. So I'm going into those slide decks and I'm changing them around and I'm updating the content and I'm using different examples and I might actually have a whole new flow, which for List Builders Lab, I do. I'm totally changing the flow of how I teach it. So it's going to take me a little while to get all those slide decks updated, but that is step number three. And I do all my slide decks before I record anything. I don't change a slide deck, then record, change a slide deck, then record for each lesson, because there's always that moment where I think, shoot, I forgot to mention X, Y, Z in the video before this. Well, that's not going to happen if I just work on all the slide decks before. Okay. Step number four, record training videos. So just as I said, step three, you're reworking all your slide decks. If you teach like I do, I have slide decks and then I record videos of just my voice or you're creating your scripts in step three and step four, you're stepping in front of the camera and you're recording new training videos. 
Step number five, final step, is you're creating your enhancements. I call PDF cheat sheets, checklists, guides, any kind of extra material that goes along with your trainings, I call those enhancements. And so that's what you would do if you need to rework any of your enhancements, that's step five. A lot of the times, the cheat sheets and checklists that you created for your initial program probably still stand in the rework. I don't have to rework a lot of my PDFs, which is great. But in step five, you're at least looking at every PDF you're offering, every support document, making sure it still is in the right place and offered at the right time and is the right content for your reworked training. So those are the five steps. Again, I'll repeat them just so you have them fresh in your mind. Step number one, you're going to create your rework master doc, and that's where you survey your audience and then you put together all the info you need to end the rework document with your reworked modules and lessons. So it's all leading up to the actual content you're teaching. So I'm going to give you the survey questions to ask and the categories in my rework master doc, like literally the exact categories that I fleshed out in my document. You're going to get them in the freebie, amyporterfield.com forward slash 166 download. Step number two, do your rework research. Step three, create your slide decks or your scripts for your training videos. Step four, you're recording your training videos. Step five, you're creating your enhancements or just reviewing all the support documents you put together to make sure they are still accurate and they still apply to your new trainings. Now, I have a few quick tips before we wrap up. Tip number one is you must set deadlines for yourself throughout this entire rework. So I thought it would be valuable for me to tell you how long it took me to get through each step. Good. Step number one, which is the master doc and all that, the survey, I let that go for a full week. So we sent out multiple emails. We encouraged people to fill out the survey in the actual Facebook group. Give yourself a full week to collect the data. And then once you get the data back, give yourself one full week to analyze all of the data. Now you might not need a full week. I used a full week to look at all the survey data, sleep on it. I met with Rick Mulready, like I told you. I called some friends. I just allowed myself a full week of a little bit of white space to kind of think about how I wanted to rework. Now, my rework is pretty significant. Yours might not be as intense as the one I'm planning, so it might not take you a full week, but it took me a full week to analyze the data, talk to some friends, rework the outline, just get it ready to go. Step two is to do your research. I gave myself a full week to do that. I watched some videos, read some blogs, listened to podcasts. Just every day I might have done an hour or two of research, so I gave myself a week to do that. I didn't want to feel pressured, so there was a lot of white space involved. Step three, that's where you create the slide decks. That took me one full week. It might have taken me a week and a half. So I reworked a lot of the content, a lot of the flow, and Also, I decided to create videos that were 10 minutes each or less versus if you have been in any of my programs, you know, my videos can get a little bit long. So some of you are like, hallelujah. Thank you, Amy. Finally, I did it with this program and it was tough. It was tough for me, but most of my videos, 10 minutes each. And so I had to do more videos, but just make them shorter and get to the point faster. So that's why the slide deck took me probably a week and a half. 
And then step four, record them. I'm pretty quick to record once my slide decks are all done. So I just gave myself a week to record. I did all the recordings over. So when you're reworking, that doesn't necessarily mean you have to redo everything. As I mentioned in the beginning, in my case, I did re-record all the videos because I significantly changed the flow of the content. The roadmap that I'm taking my students on now is very different than the initial course. I just kind of had an epiphany of, I need to teach this differently, and I'm going to teach it exactly of how I approach it in my business. So that's what I did here. So I took a good week to record all those videos. And then step five, the enhancements, that took me just a few days because I didn't rework all the cheat sheets and checklists. I just moved them around a bit to talk about them at different times in the video trainings. And so that just took me a few days. And then if I had some new ones to get created, I used my team to help me get that done. So I wanted to give you some timeline just so you understand, but I did set deadlines. I did not let myself analyze the data for more than a week. And a week for me is like Monday through Friday. I didn't let myself work on the slide decks more than about a week and a half. So I gave myself some pretty clear deadlines. I communicated them to the team so I couldn't cheat and I got it done. Now, tip number two, and this is the final tip I have before we wrap up is this is a big one. Communicate with your students about these changes all along the way and definitely before you relaunch anything. So I had mentioned to you before, I did the survey letting them know, I want to know where you're struggling, where you're getting stuck. I'd like to rework the program if need be, so please let me know. And then as I got into the data, I knew a rework had to happen, so I communicated that inside the private Facebook group. I'm updating the program. Here's some things I know I'm going to be adding from the get-go because I already knew instantly what I wanted to add. And then I said, but let me understand your challenges more. Give me some more feedback. Now, what's going to happen is that in mid-July, the reworked program will be rolled out. And before I promote it in my evergreen webinars or tell my email list about it or anything like that, I will send an email to my existing students, letting them know what I've done to rework the program. So if it was as simple as, hey, I've reworked modules three and four, and here's what I did, then that's what I would put in the email. For me, it's a bigger conversation of, look, this is why I wanted to rework it. You all shared with me this and this and that. And so you'll see the rework come out in this way or that way because of your feedback. So I'll probably even make them a video, but it's important that you communicate with your existing students before you market a reworked program. It's only fair to them. Now that leads me to a question that you might be asking. Should my existing students get all of the updates? And here's how you decide. It depends on your offer guarantee. If you promise lifetime access, then yes, anytime you update the program in any way, they should definitely get those updates. Now, if let's say they only had access for a full year, if that full year is up and you come out with a reworked program, I suggest you call it 2.0 or some way or another, you differentiate that it is a different program from the initial program. And then if you want to create customers for life, you offer them a discount. 
And I did this with the Profit Lab. When I had the Profit Lab, I went through a really intense rework one time over the probably a period of three years with that program. And my students only got one year access into that program. So when I reworked it, I actually offered, I think, $200 off or $100 off maybe, $100 off to my older students that had expired out of the program, but a lot of the content was similar. I was just teaching it differently. So I felt that a discount was warranted. So that's something that you might want to consider. I think you'll know in your gut how you should approach it. Do the right thing. Do what you think is going to be best for your students. But in my case, if you are a List Builder Lab student, you will definitely get the rework. Now, one more thing I forgot to mention is that when you do a rework, you are, of course, making your content better, getting your students bigger results, getting them to the finish line faster. And so what will happen is that your messaging will get better. Who the product is for will get more clear in your mind, and that clarity will make its way into your sales pages, into your email marketing, into your social media as you promote. So a lot of the times you're going to see a boost in sales the second time around after a rework because you have more clarity in your marketing message. So that's always a big plus. Now, in addition to that, you might want to rework your price. And that's why I mentioned episode 107, where you can learn about pricing your online course. In our case for List Builders Lab, it was $297 in late July when we relaunched the reworked program, it will be $397. And the reason for that is because we actually have added some more advanced strategies and we've changed the program enough that it's actually for an audience that is very clear on who they're selling to. They might not have a lot of things in place to sell to that audience yet. They're getting closer and closer to that, but they're clear about who they're selling to. They already have a website with a blog. They're creating content, probably not consistently, but they've got their foundation set, but they're really struggling with list building. It's in many cases, the ideal client probably skipped the list building part and they're thinking, shoot, I should have focused more on that. I need to back up a little bit. That's gonna be likely a lot of the students in this course, but some of them are just to that point that they know who their audience is. They've been creating content. They wanna get more consistent with their content creation and they want to start some list building strategies within their content creation, within their social media in order to grow their list more rapidly because they want to start to promote more online. But they're coming to the table with an understanding of who their audience is. Because of that, that's a little bit more of a sophisticated audience than a total beginner. And so you have to look at who your audience is when you're thinking about the price point. And if you want to add some more advanced strategies, that can warrant a little bit of a higher price. Also, I have included more expert interviews in some of the advanced strategies. So I'm adding some more experts to the mix. I'm enhancing the program in that way. There's some other reasons why we have increased the price due to the content that we're creating, getting people to the finish line faster and streamlining the entire course. So I won't get into all of that because I talk about those reasons in episode 107, but I just wanted to touch on this because I said that when you rework a program, you often can see a boost in sales, clarity in your sales message, and possibly an increase in price if it warrants it is always a nice perk to a reworked program. 
Okay, let's go ahead and wrap it up. The final thing I want to share with you is that through a rework, you've got to get a bit uncomfortable. At least I know that I did definitely through my recent rework. I felt uncomfortable because I had to read some of the negative feedback about the program. And just for the record, every single program you create, there will always be some negative feedback. You can't make everybody happy. But you'll see if you get the freebie with the survey questions I asked, I asked for the negative feedback. I wanted to know what they wished I would do differently or what was missing. So I set myself up for that. So I had to get thick skin and read through some of that. And at times it made me feel really uncomfortable. And I'm a sensitive kind of girl, so it just made me feel like, oh, I feel like I messed up here. But then I had to remember that I created a really good course and my students have definitely gotten results. I just want more of my students to get to the finish line so they can get results as well. So I had to give myself credit like I did a really good online course and I care enough to show up to make it better. And that's what I want you to remember when you're reading through the results of your survey. Also, reach out, get peer advice and feedback and insight. Talk to a few people that you feel would know your audience well, know you well, know the content well, whether that be someone on your team or ideally someone outside of your company that you've built a relationship with, ask them some questions, run your outline by them and just see what they have to say. Now, for the record, this is a little bit of a side note. It's not that I sat down with Rick Mulready, and you guys know Rick because he's been on the podcast a bunch as my sidekick with Facebook ads, those episodes around Facebook ads, but I didn't sit down with Rick and hand him over 10 pages of my master doc. I don't even think it was 10 pages, but I didn't hand him all the pages of my master doc and say, can you read this review and let me know if I'm on the right track? That's just not fair to do to a good friend that's helping you out, right? So instead, we had lunch and I said, can I get 20 minutes where I run you through some of the insights I think I've gotten for my survey? And just let me know if you think I'm on the right track. And so we did that. I think we it took us into a conversation beyond 20 minutes, but I really spent time running him through the new outline so that he understood the new framework. And then I got his feedback from that. So you can't expect somebody else to do all the work for you, but use them as a sounding board. And then finally, just focus on the flow of your content. Is the roadmap that you put together the right roadmap to get them to the finish line as fast as humanly possible? I think that's what I took out of the survey results the most, that the roadmap I had created needed to be tweaked in order to get people to the finish line feeling confident, feeling like this was doable, and not feeling overwhelmed. And so essentially, the things that I taught in List Builders Lab the first time out and the things that I teach in the rework, there is tons of overlap. But how I teach it and how I break it down and the new examples and insights and simplifying the entire thing, doing shorter videos, that's how I'm going to get them to the finish line a whole lot faster. So just kind of a little insight into my world so you can see how it might relate to yours as well. And finally... Once you look over all the data, you created your new outline, you know where you're going to go with this. I want you just to sleep on it and go with your gut. It's never going to be perfect. We are not going for perfection, but you care enough to make it fantastic for your students. And that's why you're showing up for the rework. 
And that is what you want to focus on. So hopefully you found all of this information valuable. I love sharing the insides of my business since I'm so lucky to teach what I do. I love to be able to take you behind the scenes, share some of my own angst and uncomfortable situations that I've pushed through and gotten through to the other end. And that's exactly what this episode was all about. And hopefully you're going to get the freebie so that when you rework the program, you know what questions to ask in your survey and how to put together your rework master doc. Go to amyporterfield.com forward slash 166 download to get your hands on it right away. I can't wait to see you next week. Make it a great week and I'll see you soon. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to the Online Marketing Made Easy podcast at www.amyporterfield.com.